Well, for those who may be watching this uh, online that we um, didn't get the initial uh, announcement in the very, very, very slight chance that I was exposed, I am wearing a mask this morning, so won't be able to see my smiling face. But it is smiling in here, I just want to let you know. Okay, anyway. So here's a question for you this morning. How many people besides uh, Bart and Phil like to go to garage sales? Okay, there's just something about treasure hunting, isn't there? That j it just gets your blood pumping, right? Um, when when Kathleen and I, excuse me, Kate and I first uh, moved to Ohio, one of the things that was different uh, about that area is that they probably, um, at least in our area in Ohio had as many auctions as they did garage sales. Okay, it just, it seemed like every weekend there was an auction somewhere you would drive, especially on some of these farms, you would drive out in these remote areas and see cars just lining the street. People showing up for um, estate sales, um, someone who had passed, uh, people who were just moving or downsizing, just seemed like auctions were everywhere. And we actually had two um, auctioneers at our church, which was really neat with some of the fundraisers that we did. Uh, like we had a, a, a pie sale that we did every year and people knew, you know, people would spend $150, $200 for a pie, especially if their granddaughter made it, you know, how that is. And uh, it was pretty neat, but they were auctioned off. So we had the guy in the front, but you know, that kind of thing. It was, it was good. It was a lot of fun. So uh, maybe I'll invite one up here. We'll have a pie sale. Um, but one of the things that I noticed at these auctions is that they would organize about 95% of the stuff. And then at the end, they, would have, they just threw a bunch of small things in boxes and auctioned off the box. And often it was it was just you know usually five bucks you know a few dollars here and there for for a box, and uh, but what happened was um, that people would buy these boxes having just you know looked at the surface they didn't even know what was in them, but again it was one of those who there might be and a lot of times there were uh, definitely some items of of value. Uh, I, I know people that found things, sold them on eBay for a couple hundred dollars, you know, that were just in a box because nobody knew exactly what was in there. So where am I going with all this? Well, the longer I go in my own walk with the Lord, the more that I see that our salvation is like that. No, it's not uh, just a box of leftovers. It is a veritable treasure chest. Amen. Um, but what we see sometimes is the surface, okay? We know that our sins are forgiven. We know that someday we're going to go to heaven to be with the Lord forever. That's the surface stuff. But the more we get to know him and the more we begin to understand the promises in God's word, we start digging deeper into that box called salvation, finding treasure after treasure after treasure. So, I want to look at a few more of those treasures this morning. 
as we finish up this uh, mini-series I've entitled, In That Day. So go ahead and turn to John 14, John chapter 14. And as we've said, Jesus is here describing things that would come to be after his death and resurrection. Let's look at it, uh, John 14, going to begin in verse 19. He says this, Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Like last week, I believe what Jesus is saying here has more than one meaning. First of all, not long after this, Jesus indeed died on the cross, right? He was buried, laid in a tomb, so in that sense, he was no more, right? Um, now, we know that there were some who did see him again, just as he said, right? Uh, the disciples, obviously, so just like Jesus promised. He appeared to them uh, many times uh, in that 40-day period after, between his resurrection and his ascension. And uh, we also know from 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 6, where Paul, writing some 20 years later, says, Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. So yes, actually over 500 people saw the risen Christ. Did you know that? Which, as a side note, was great evidence for the resurrection. Hey, remember that both the Jewish leaders and the Romans wanted to discredit Jesus and discredit this story of the resurrection, right? Kind of hard to do when you got most of 500 people still around able to all corroborate the story, right? So even though they undoubtedly put a lot of time and effort and energy into trying to discredit this, uh, they never could. So praise the Lord. But be that as it may, as far as the world goes, although most people even today would say, and even in other major religions would say that Jesus Christ was a literal historical figure who lived 2,000 years ago, and many revere him as a great teacher. Okay? But as far as they are concerned now, he is dead. He's gone. He is no more. They see him no more. But we see him, don't we? Oh, not in physical body form, right? But we see him, don't we? We see him at work in our hearts and in our lives and in each other, don't we? We see Him living through His body, the body of Christ, the church. We see Him helping those that are in need. We see Him uh, encouraging the weary. We see Him in the smiling greeters and the choir singers and the Sunday school teachers. We see Him in soup kitchens, in homeless shelters, in first responders, in healthcare workers, um, in anybody who says, Lord, I need your help today. Would you help me to do your will? Right? We see him. He is very much alive and well, isn't he? But we see him even if the world doesn't. So, world, no more, but you, he said, will see me. 
And then he says this in verse 19, speaking of his resurrection. He says, because I live, you will live also. Boy, there's a box to unpack. Because I live, you will live also. What's he saying? Well, first, after dying on the cross, Jesus rose again, right? Because he had no sin of his own, death had no claim on him. Death could not hold him, right? And because he lived, that meant that his sacrifice was indeed accepted by God as the payment for our sins. So then, because he lived, that meant that people who were spiritually dead in their sinful state, separated from God, void of life, void of truth, could be forgiven and come to life spiritually. Be awakened, if you will, to a new life, to a new understanding, to a whole new relationship with God. Because I live, you will live also. But it's more than just a spiritual awakening. Okay? I have a flashlight here. I press the button on this flashlight. Nothing happens. It's not working. What would we say? We would say it's dead, right? Can't do what it's supposed to do. Can't shine the light. That's us in our, that's humanity in our sinful state, right? Separated from God without Him and filled only with our human reason, our corrupted sinful nature. But when we come to faith in Christ, when we, when we understand, when we ask Jesus to come into our hearts and into our lives, He, by the Holy Spirit, does just that. He comes to live on the inside and we come to life. Amen? We come to life filled now with the presence and the energy of God. We become new creations. Because I live, you will live also. Try not to hit anybody in the eyes with this. Get this <laughs> so, because I live. But wait, there's more. Let's dig some more. Not only His presence in us, but now also we have what? We have His Word. We have His guidance. We have His wisdom. We have His direction. We have the Holy Spirit in us, leading us, guiding us in the way that we should go, right? See, when we're walking in sin beforehand, what does sin bring? It brings death. It brings destruction, doesn't it? That's why God hates it. Sin hurts His beloved. And when we sin, it ultimately hurts us. It hurts our relationships. It hurts our quality of life. On and on and on and on it goes. It brings death. But walking in harmony with God, now that we have His Word, His direction, His Holy Spirit to lead us, right? It brings what? It brings life. It brings joy, peace, hope, security, blessing. It's like adding miracle grow to your plants, okay? Uh, I got a picture here that you'll be able to see. Look on the left hand side, 
There they are. Now on the right-hand side after Miracle Grow. Look at look at all that. Kind of a visual to help us see. Because I live, you will live. You will experience abundance in life. Blessing, peace, joy. Amen. But wait, there's still more. Digging in. Because Jesus rose victorious over death and sin, one day, one day, you and I will rise victorious over death. This life is not the end for us. We will not only live forever, but we will live in the absolute presence of God in glory to a life that is beyond our imagination. Right? So, because I live, because Jesus rose again, because He is alive, you and I live also. All of His disciples, past, present, and future. Now let me close with this this morning. In that day, verse 20, Jesus said this, And you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. When they saw Him risen in the flesh, when they finally understood this is no mere man, that they understood He was God, that He was in the Father. And when they themselves then experienced that infilling of the Holy Spirit, when they began to see Him at work in their hearts and lives, speaking to them, empowering them, moving them, leading them, it all became clear in that day. You will know that I am in my Father, that I am in you, and you are in me. Praise the Lord. So let me ask you this morning, is that your testimony? Have you understood the Gospel? Have you understood the good news that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, taking the punishment upon Himself so that you could be forgiven, so that you could be clean, so that you could be reconciled with God? And so that the Holy Spirit could come and live in you. Have you received that Spirit-giving new life? Are you walking in His guidance and in His truth? Do you know that you know that you know that you are in Him and He is in you? And that one day, death on this earth will lead to glory beyond your imagination. Is that your testimony this morning? If not, let me remind you that Jesus said, I stand at the door and I knock. Whosoever will open that door, that's the door of our hearts, I will come in. I will come in. 
dine with them and they with me. A picture of friendship around the table. Is that your testimony this morning? Let's pray. Oh, if you have heard that word, if you are hearing that knocking in your heart and you have not opened that door, but something in this Gospel has gladdened your heart, you say, I want that. I want my sins forgiven. I want to know God, not just know about Him. I want to know Him. Know His work in my heart and in my life. Be able to lean on Him in this turbulent world. Know that one day I will be in His presence forever. If that's your desire, let these be the words of your heart. Just say, Jesus, I hear it. I want it. I open that door of my heart to you. And I ask you to come in. I come to you in that sinful state. All of my faults and failures. And I lay them at the foot of the cross. Thanking you, Jesus, that you died on my behalf. Thanking you that upon you was the punishment. So that I could be free. Thank you, Jesus. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Let me come into your life by your grace. And I thank you. I thank you for that. And if that has been your testimony, have you been digging in the box? Have you opened his word? Are you experiencing that abundant life? Are you looking for Him to be at work in you? Are you involving Him even in the little things? Are you talking to Him daily? Are you taking advantage of all that He has given to us by His death and His resurrection? The promises, the power, the life. If not, if not, just encourage you today to dig in, to open that Word on a daily basis. Say, Lord, teach me. Show me what You have for me. And begin to look for His moving and working in the big things and in the little things. Because that's His promise. He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Lord, thank you so much for your great and precious promises, as your word says. Open them to our hearts and our minds. Lead us in them, Lord, by your Spirit. Move and work through us, not only that we might experience that abundant life, but Lord, that we can be a channel then of your love and your grace to others. Loving them in your name. We give you the praise. We give you the honor and all the glory. Through Jesus we pray. Amen.